Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Subs Lie Dubs Lie, a comprehensive anime podcast. It's your boy Jay, aka Versace Vegeta. I'm here with my guy D. What's going on, brother? What's going on, brother Jay? Yo, what's going on, people? We back at it again. <laughs> Absolutely. And not only are we back at it, we are back at it with a special guest, the Lookout's very own LJ. What's popping, bro? Man, I'm back here. I'm happy. We got yes. some cool stuff to talk about today, so I'm, I'm really excited. Hell yeah. Yeah, a real, real great topic here this week, man. But before we get into it, man, how y'all's week doing? Shit. Oh, start off. Man, my shit was, I ain't gonna lie, work was beating my ass. So, <laughs> that shit was cooking me. I ain't even gonna lie. There was multiple moments where I'm in the office like, damn, I should just quit. I should just quit right now. But, like, I, I just woke up out of it like, you know what? You're gonna have tough times. Like, don't let the tough times beat your ass. So, a little tough week, but coming home, you know, just getting some much needed rest, eating good, you know, you that just kind of, you know, fix up the whole week. You pretend like ain't nothing bad ever happened. So it was more so me just finding the ways to cheer myself up. That's all I needed. Hell yeah, I, trying to ease through that. I know over on the lookout, LJ, y'all had triple time this week, man. Oh, yeah, man. We were uh, we were grinding on the lookout. Man, this is just the overall the whole network, man. Like, we uh, we end this year out on a bang, on a, on a real high note. Um really proud of all the work that all of us have put in this year bro like you guys have came in and uh i mean killed it this year with subs like dubs like so like super congratulations to like youtube man uh, for just coming in and like hitting the legit hitting the ground running you know like it's so the subs like dubs like been amazing the lookout's been amazing socials have been great across the board um so yeah, this week though was uh, was really fun. Really talking about the highlights and and the lowlights of the year, um, you know, and things that we're anticipating for next year. Uh, I mm-hmm. think twenty twenty three was just a twenty twenty three was such a great year for anime, um, just across the board. There was just it so was. many great. It was so many great things. Um, not even just with shonen is just like life stuff and yeah. you know like sport like it was just so much great stuff happening this year and so i think even 2024 is going to be even bigger and better uh like anime in general just uh, the culture as a whole has just been on the upward trajectory for the past couple years um very true um yeah, something facts. that was once uh something very niche I feel like uh, something that was very a uh, uh, who's who or what what kind of thing has now nice. become you know something that is now has become very mainstream, and, yeah. you know, and, and such an important part of pop culture now, uh, which is great to see, man. Uh, so yeah, man, I think the the lookout though, as we as we continue to push forward, we just try to be the the leaders of these of this new movement and, and try to be just new voices and continue to push out good content. Um, surround this stuff we love called anime, yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, no, it was it was a it was a great week though, man. I can't even I, I can't complain a single bit. Man, uh, definitely glad to hear it. And also, thank you so much. I really appreciate that. Uh, you know, we are really proud to be a part of the network as well, and just to be able to showcase like what we love and to do it for fun. 
You know what I'm saying? Fun, like, like, like that shit's crazy to me. Like, you know, go, like, go back and talk about something from the past. Like, damn, that yeah. shit's amazing. Yeah, past or it, present, it's mad fun. It's a great I mean, time every the, single time. I mean, nostalgia just is a. It, it, you know, especially when, like I said, it comes to anime, so just is a, such a big thing, bro. Because we, once again, if you've been a fan of this this stuff for so long, you remember, like, first of all, for a moment in time, how hard it was just to access this shit. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah very much so. Like, man, like, thank God for the internet that has allowed us to, you know, to stay so connected worldwide. But, like, man, there was a time where it's like, bro, you... You had to sacrifice the life of the computer of a virus. Just to mm-hmm. it oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You had to sit there waiting an hour to download a 23-minute episode. Mm-hmm. You, know you got to explain why these pop-ups on your computer pop up. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man, it was nothing normal, too. It was not. Yeah, it was absolute, always the worst. Yeah. It was the worst thing ever. Like, damn. Yeah, listen, I done I done almost cooked the family computer a few times. Just like, man, listen, you know man, been there, been there, done since Dragon Ball Z A and V, goddamn. Man. Man, yeah. It was tough. It was tough times we came through. But you're right though. We live in a whole different era now where you have an instant ease of access and you have different avenues. You know what I'm saying? Like, yo, even if you just got a smart TV connected to the internet. You can go to, you know what I'm saying? There's channels that are showing Dude, anime. It's mad, like, it's, they're sleeping well. It is a great time to be a fan. Like, a, a new fan right now just jumping into meeting probably can tell somebody from back in the day the majority of things that they probably forgot just due to the fact they got everything at ease. Like, it's accessible. <laughs> this shit is mad accessible. Like, man, I had to claw my way just to find some stuff that I loved. I love yeah, it. Come sure. out of pocket. Like, you can... Nothing like $5 or $6 of a subscription uh-uh. or whatever thing. And yeah. you, you over there with with mad things to watch. Like, man... We was paying $30 for three episodes. Yeah. Bro! Where you, where you had to pay, you know what I'm saying? Where you had you to had pay for episode, you know like, what I'm saying? Not crazy. seasons, episodes. Like, come on, bro. It's crazy. I mean, if you even think too of just you know new fans that are coming in now, the the genre now is so massive. It's like there's really yeah. something for everybody now. Like not facts though. It's like, you want that weird obscure thing that mm-hmm. you know, like you really want to watch. Like it's out there for you to see it. Yeah. And now, like you said, it you know for eight ninety nine a month, it. You have access to so much, um, but I think it's man, it's just so cool though. Like I know, I know a lot of, I, I know a lot of older anime fans be hating. I feel like because they're like, man, you didn't have to go through what we had to go through. But I'm just like, that's the that's the point, that's the point bro. You want you want to be you want to be you want to be stuck in them days. You want to be stuck in them old days. You can you can have that. That's man. I've saved so much money over the years. Thanks to this new wave of internet anime fans just coming together to prop this thing up. I do not want to go back in time when I was paying what twenty something, twenty to thirty dollars for three episodes, bro. Or having to contact somebody or email them, hey, can I get this tape? Blah blah blah. Like nobody wanna do that no more, bro. No. That's the wrong time to be flexing your muscle. Like you should be trying to help fans get into some of the old stuff. As opposed to, oh, it's so easy to 
Who cares, nigga? Damn. I hate when people do that shit. Man, listen, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a gift and a curse, man. It's, it's, it's one of those things where, um, yeah, it's, it's just like a, a lot of, like a lot of gatekeeping and guardkeeping. I'm just, I, I don't, I'm it not is. with that, bro. And, and like once again, this thing that we do, this is why the lookout is here, is because it's like we're not trying to gatekeep and and do all that stuff, bro. We're trying to remind people of like, you know, this this thing is for everybody. It's for all of us, and it's been. You know, us as fans who have been fans forever, but also people who have, you know, who are just now getting into it, or, you know, are getting into new stuff. Like people, like even Mills himself, like obviously Mills has been a, a fan of anime for a very long time, a huge, you know, a Dragon Ball Z, you know, nerd to the fullest, but also to a lot of the stuff that he's getting into now, like, you know, he's he's even openly admitted like man i never i didn't see that before but he's he's watching it now but it's so cool now to hear his perspective on it of you know now that he's you know much older and more seasoned anime watcher like his thoughts on all these things you know like it's it's really cool even for myself like there's things i made like there's classics i still haven't seen i spent a lot of time this year trying to get back on and whatnot and i was i mean even the 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 anime and the person we're talking about today like my first time really watching it was early early this year bro you watched it before me like honest to god if it wasn't for this season of the show i would not have watched through full metal alchemist brotherhood because i had to make sure i knew what i was talking about you know what i mean like i wasn't just gonna come from like oh okay i know who he is from 2003 that doesn't mean shit anymore that you don't know? mean nothing no more. You uh, have a, a rabid fans coming to like, huh? And in the same <laughs> way that I was able to get through Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, I finished reading Monster. You know, uh, this is an amazing series. I thank you, D, for introducing this to me. Like I, I've been aware of it for God knows how long, but I never knew why i should give it a try you know uh so and and this is you know me as somebody who's 35 bro so like you said this is a era where it's great to have all this access because even for those of us who have been around forever i promise you y'all didn't watch everything nah you know what i mean i'm somebody i I am somebody who has tried to watch so much and there's still things that i just i can't like literally thankfully back then I was more interested and curious, but like to complete all this stuff from I can't do that no more, man. I really can't. But this one was this one was mad important for me because got some some very very close memories of reading this shit. Thank you, Barnes and Nobles. Without Barnes and Noble, what would I be without you? What would <laughs> Good I be God, without man? You? What hey, would remember, I be? With? Remember when you know, especially like you know, you being younger and like your your only access to manga was in like the school library and yeah. like just the library, and it's like you had a you had to like just pray and hope they had the next volume. You're like, please just have volume five, and they don't. You gotta, be, you're just gonna sit there looking really stupid, like damn. Like, you go in there, you like fuck. I gotta read volume seven. I'm just got to wait until volume five. Go, like, <laughs> better hope Bro. there's a recap in the other volume. Yeah, for, real. <laughs> for real. My first job was at an arcade in a mall uh, where I grew up. And so you better believe, like uh, during lunch breaks, I'd be like, okay, let me go down to Walden Books and go see if they've got Volume Seven of Yu Yu Hakusho yet. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. let me let me see if they what they've updated on yet because I need to make sure I can cut that immediately. 
Like, yeah, hey. yeah. Back when there was such rare access to manga, you know what I'm saying? Like, because you might be able to go to the library or the bookstore and get stuff. But back when we were coming up, there was what, maybe 25 titles and you know, finding a volume one, you wasn't going to be easy. You were, y'all, you must've been blessed with the gods. If you had a volume one, that ass, if you weren't subscribed to the monthly jump, uh, subscription magazine thing back then, you were tight. You were dead ass tight. Ah, oh, for real. You yeah, he was, <laughs> like, yeah. he was next yeah. level. He was next level. I begged and pleaded for that for Christmas. I got that one Christmas. I was like, "Yo, I will never. You will never see a bad report card ever." Because <laughs> this is this is important. <laughs> this is mad important. I can't. I like man. I feel you, man. So this week we've got to go into the crates a little bit right now thankfully this series is available today on netflix uh, yeah. so we again this era of ease of access for the longest time this series monster was not available on anything streaming at all like for the majority of time that anime has been available on streaming monster was nowhere to be found so definitely if y'all have not given this series a chance make sure you go ahead and watch it whenever you get the chance to uh the the ultimate editions of the manga are available through amazon kino kunia uh, major uh, distributors like that so there is a doorway for y'all to be able to get to this but this week we will be discussing the main i would say titular character of monster <laughs> johan liebert um, a very, very peculiar character in all of anime. One of the most highly regarded villains ever. Like if you look up your top 10 villains lists and you see a character there that you're not familiar with, there's a, a you know, a blonde haired character that looks like, like very mild mannered. That was him. <laughs> <laughs> and let me tell you this week, we're more than glad to just let you know why at first glance, you know, that look is very, very deceiving. So Yeah, man. Uh <laughs> no, think, what were you gonna say, man? No, I think the scariest thing about Johan, and, and I mean y'all have gone through uh an amazing list of villains this season. Um, but I think the scariest thing about Johan is the simple fact that he could become a reality. How, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Like, thank you. <laughs> there's, no, there's no superpowers. There's no, like, you know, there's no mystic forces. This is a normal human being that is psychologically just broken. And, it, you know, if you, uh, if you look at serial, you know, real life serial kills and things like, like he has all of the same traits as all of them. Oh, um, oh, so it, it, I think that's just what makes Johan so menacing is the simple fact that like there, there, I mean, there's a possibility that there's a Johan somewhere just floating around, you know, like, it, yes. like damn, you're like, yes. that's scary. <laughs> like, that's, that's fear. Man, I'm on, he's, he's the GOAT. I'm, I'm on record. I'm saying he's the GOAT. The goat, he's the goat villain. I'm sorry, and and I was just praising Griffith, but a villain, someone like this who there's no end scheme, there's no goal, there's no 
I'm building a kingdom or this was all a part of my plan. Like, no, this man is just walking, like, just just straight walking chaos, anarchy, all of that shit. It's just there. Like, there's no superpowers. There's nothing to look forward to. This man just wants to see nothing but chaos. Chaos. Like, legitimately, some of the shit that he's done in this series alone, like, mad frightening. And it can happen in real life. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, what the hell? This man is creepy as hell. Now, to give you a little bit of a breakdown of, you know, who we're talking about this week. The story of Monster does revolve around a different character by the name of Kinzo Timba. He's a Japanese surgeon who's living in Germany in the 1980s. His life enters great turmoil after he gets himself involved with Johan, who we're discussing this week, who was one of his former patients as a child. After saving his life in a situation where the hospital that he was working for wanted him to instead work on the mayor of a small German town. It's revealed that Johann Liebert is a psychopathic serial killer. And Johann gets Dr. Timma caught up in the most vicious web just from saving this boy's life. Um, so let, let's set the the story here a little bit just to give you a good idea of what's going on. Dr. Tinma, he's a, like I said, brilliant surgeon. He is your very basic, like hardworking Japanese character in the sense that like he keeps his head low. He does what he's supposed to do. Everyone commends him for his great work, but he doesn't push the system, right? You know, You've got the director of surgery in that hospital who like writes various reports on surgeries uh, and has them published. Well, he doesn't write them. Dr. Timmer writes them. They're published <laughs> under that director's name, right? Dr. Tim was engaged to be married to the director's daughter, right? And the director and his daughter are both um, very well-to-do people, right? He's the kind of person that feels like, listen, if it's gonna be more advantageous for the hospital, we should do procedures on them versus any regular person that needs to have their life saved. The daughter, um, she's like very materialistic, has the belief that no lives are equal, right? Some lives are way more important than others and really treats Dr. Timma like a pushover. Right. He's a, he's a bitch. I don't know what Tenma was doing with the likes of two. He's a bitch. Like, no, Tenma's a good, like, I guess they say opposite to track, but like, yo, you compare Tenma, who's just nice, easy going, and he's, he's a, like, that. that's a he's bitch. A, I don't, don't really want to call him a bitch, man, but he's he's a good hearted dude in a cold hearted world, you know? And it's, yeah. a, you know, in the, in, in the setting that he's in, um, once again, one of the reasons why I truly love this series is because although we we have our big main villain, you really just truly see that like there's just crazy things at play all around at all times. Um, and I think just like once again, the world that he's in having such this good heart and doing the things where he's feel like, you know, I'm a doctor, you know, I'm in this world, I'm a surgeon, like naturally. I am doing something that is causing and giving good to the world, but learning that it's not, you know, the, the appearances aren't what it seems because yeah. underlying 
there's all these like shitheads who are really running the show. And he, at the end of the day, he still has to take orders from those people. Um, and to get to where he's trying to be, like he has to really struggle morally with making these decisions. That's like it, it goes against once again his good heart. But he, you know, see, he's in this cold-hearted situation. And that's the worst part of it all, right? Is you know, he's constantly wanting to. He's faced with the dilemma of: Do I save people's lives because they need saving, or do I save people's lives because my job is to? save specific people's lives and all that comes to a head one day when these fraternal twins johan and anna liebert are brought to the hospital johan has just gotten a gunshot wound to his head and anna is in clear shock of whatever it was that happened to johan that night dr Tema, like when i mentioned earlier he operates on johan instead of the mayor while Johan is saved, the mayor does wind up dying, and th- his death is blamed completely on Dr. Timba. Like, he loses his status, social standing within the, the hospital entirely. He's told that if he ever wants to get ahead in his career, he will be just blockaded from that at any given point, right? So, Dr. Timba, after losing his cool, through finding out all about this. He's bedside with Johan, who's seemingly in a coma still from having been uh, operated on. And he's saying like, this isn't fair. Like the doctors that put me in this position, they should be the ones dead. It shouldn't be that anyone has to die in these situations where we're saving people's lives. And um, it just so happens my man Johan heard that. Because the next day, Dr. Heinemann and the other doctors are mysteriously murdered. They're poisoned after eating some candies that were at Johan's bedside. This leads to the police suspecting Dr. Timma. Nine years later, my man's chief of surgery at the hospital, he winds up saving the life of a criminal named Adolf Junkers. Junkers is muttering about a monster that is coming for him, right? Eventually, Junkers tries to escape from the hospital. Dr. Tenma tries to save him, and he finds Junkers held at gunpoint. He tells him, yo, run away because the monster is right there. And who is standing there in the shadows but Johann Liebert himself? Dr. Timma tries to reason with Johan saying, no, look, man, I saved your life. Like, you're not like this. Johan shoots Junkers and he <laughs> says, I would never try to kill you. You're like a father to me. You saved my life. And he walks away. Uh, yo. That winds up getting Timma turned into a fugitive as now he's been connected to these events where Johan killed someone without there being any evidence of him having done so. And that begins the entire story of Monster. Now, I'd love to tell y'all about how everything goes down with Dr. Tinma going forward, but that's not what this episode's about. We got to talk about the monster himself. And that is to really set the tone of what kind of person we're working with, right? Even as a kid in a coma, in a hospital bed, he got three doctors murked. 
<laughs> it's not funny, but it's it's man. But once again, as the series goes along, you low key figure out that that's light work. <laughs> for him. As, a, as, a, as a as a child, that was yeah. light work for him. Yeah, it's just another thing. This that was just because he was like, oh, I can only do so much. I just got shot. <laughs> you know it was kind of like it was one of those things. Just like my, my, you know, he was handicapped. He was in a handicap yeah. match. You know, they tied his hands behind his back. He was just like, I can only do so. Yeah, he was like, I can only do so much right now. I don't have, I don't have all my tools out. See, he's a nigga that knows his limits. I respect that. I definitely respect that. But no, nah, man, like the, I think just the, the, the sheer introduction of Johan in general, it, it, once again, it just sets the scene because it's like he's a child, you know, <laughs> he's a child when all this happens, you know, and, and you know, we we see that. And, and, and when it happens, you really don't know it's him until, you know, obviously when he's an adult, you know, and he makes that reveal. But uh, it, it's once again, it just puts you in that moment of like, damn, like if as a kid, he is like that. And we have had this. What it was a, a nine year jump in yeah. time after it's like imagine all the shit he was doing within that nine years when we didn't see him at all and that's the thing is like we get to find out bits and pieces of it from other people that have been victims of <laughs> Johan's <laughs> existence right because it doesn't take much like the, all he has to do is speak all he has to do is put the right idea in someone's head and things just go wrong. You know, that's <laughs> that's what makes Johan so interesting as a character, because there's no like motive. Right. There's no like you, you could say that there's an origin for psychologically how he winds up becoming right but even in that instance we have his twin sister anna who didn't become like him yeah she's not like him at all she's actually nice sweet caring all the good things in life so what makes you believe that this man was really like this at all this time I mean, okay, are we, we we getting deep into the episode now? Yeah, we, we, yeah. We, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, we, we yeah. already right, right here. We, so we, 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 <laughs> yeah, so we got to remember Spoilers that, ahead for everyone. There, yeah. This is a, not a spoiler-free episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, not yeah. at all. Um, you know, we have to remember that from from conception, these two were, were guinea pigs. Yeah. yeah. You know, they... they um, also, shout out to... Um, uh, shout out to my mans for for writing this and setting this in in post World War II Germany. There's mad, there's mad uh, Japanese erasure in how much they had a role to play over there. That has It's mad Japanese erasure, but it's okay. Um, but no, you yeah, gotta remember that these these uh, you know. Johan and his sister, they, you know, they're, they're guinea pig babies where, you know, they, they legit were conceived for the complete reason to create, uh, the perfect specimen. 
um, blonde hair, blue eyes, physically, you know, gifted, you know, mentally supposed to be um, highly gifted also. Uh, and from literally birth on, they were always just used as a test subject of like, exactly. how can we create, uh, you know, in Johan's case, it goes from how do you create the, the perfect human, the perfect child to him being put in Kinderheim and it's like, how do we create the perfect Nazi soldier? <laughs> you know, why do we create the next Hitler essentially? And then it, you know, it as his life goes on, it's like, how do you, you know, how do you create a perfect villain? How do you create this perfect monster? Um, and I think that's like how his story has happened. And so to see it, it you know, it's crazy to see though how it plays out from the the creators, you know. Are now becoming the hunted throughout this series, <laughs> and that's what we really have to get into, right? How do you create this monster? In order to talk about that, we got to talk about the monster behind the monster, Franz Bonaparte. Bitch ass nigga. <laughs> now, this motherfucker is a sick, twisted, evil motherfucker right here. Like when we're talking about Franz Bonaparte, this is a person who wrote children's novels with the idea of psychologically brainwashing them through these very dark and twisted stories. He was someone who, like LJ mentioned, if we have this entire series that takes place in post-World War II Germany, he was definitely raised in the after effects of that era, right? Like he was a child after World War II, someone who was raised with that intention of keeping that ideology going, right? As the son of someone who was involved in politics, he knew exactly the way to use his mind to move forward. Hell, his father was his first experiment. Uh, when it comes to the the mind games of taking away someone's name and making sure no one would ever remember them the way that Johan does himself. That all starts with Franz. So like we're dealing with a really sick individual. And like you mentioned earlier, that eugenics project that he started to create the perfect child, that was all a, psycholo uh, a psychology experiment that he created to make two people be able to fall in love at one point one of his colleagues even asked him like well why don't you use it he goes well it's not for someone to fall in love with me it's to make two people fall in love with each other so you have specifically picked individuals throughout Czechoslovakia who are her picked to be in relationships with each other. Typically, it would be someone, a man from the military and a woman who was known for high academic status, right? And that's what leads here even to the birth of Johan and Anna themselves. Now, Franz Bonaparte had a really twisted obsession with Johan and Anna's mother, Viera. He made sure that once she conceived Anna and Johan, he got the husband that she had been married to through this experiment out of the way. 
Mind you, he told Vieira, yo, this was all part of experiment. I really did wind up loving you. We should escape from this. And it was in that escape attempt that Franz made sure that Vieira was kept in confinement with just her and the twins to live within the three frogs building in Prague. Vieira grew to hate Bonaparte once she realized her entire relationship, her children's birth, all of that was due to this experiment. So she would do everything she could to make sure that one of her children, if not both, would get their vengeance on Franz. Born under those circumstances, ain't no way one of them didn't turn out the way that they did. Yeah, and you know, it was once again, it was just all these seeds that were planted from the beginning and, and you know, uh, and also too, it just calls into the, um, you know, the, the age old question, nature versus nurture. Like, you know, can you, does, does, can you grow someone to be this type of person or, you know, sometimes it's like, is this already instilled in them? And it's like, uh, you know, obviously as life goes along, it just slowly comes up. And that's just like, you know, naturally it's just like, this is a direction that they typically towards to, you know, to go into. Um, and nah, but but he got everything he deserved at the end. <laughs> he no, absolutely did. Oh, you really did. You thought he was local? Because you, now you're having a peaceful life. Now everything old fine and dandy. Ah, oh, please. We heard of that story before. Nah, you everything that was coming to him, he earned that one. Absolutely, man. It is something where, you know, just him coming up with this entire project, uh, the fact that this didn't involve just Johan and his sister. This was kids all over the country. Like it's it's sick. Because Johan just happened to be the perfect like variables all amounting into one person. Like, who's to say there weren't other adults out there that God knows if they survived that psychological torture that they were put through, if they wound up like him and they were just living in a quiet enough place to where no one ever found out. Yeah. And Eastern Europe, pretty fucking easy. Yeah. I mean, shoot, during that time, too, you got to think like. Wall comes up, the wall comes back down. He's journey, you know, he's a West journey, come back together. You got, you got to show it like it's so much. And I love the historical context too, and all this. Like, I love how true it yeah. stays. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's once again, like you say, it was so many kids. Like, I mean, even when you're going back to Johan at Kinderheim, uh, 511, like it was, it was a legit orphanage that was completely dedicated to how can we build the next super Nazi soldier. <laughs> put the wrong kid in there now it's really interesting in how this all plays out too especially when you consider the fact that you know Vieira she tried to keep the kids from living as twins right like she kept them dressed up as identical girls to try to make sure that like no one could ever take the kids from her but eventually he puts her in a situation where she has to choose one to give away at first, she was going to hand over Johan, but she changed her mind and gave up Anna instead. The problem here is 
Does she know which one she was given away? Because See, they now that's were the, dressed that's identical. The I mean, we figure out later that she did. Yeah. But it's like in that situation, like the way he took it, right? Like that's the big question yeah. for Johan. And that sort of like breaks him mentally because the entire time that Anna's gone, even though, you know, he's not being put in through any mental torture by being away with him, he's spending that entire time gone reading the book, The Nameless Monster, the, the book that inspires everything that happens in this series, right? That book being about a monster with no name who goes around looking to have one, right? Um, because the world is vast, he splits himself into two. One of them goes west, one of them goes east. The one that goes west goes on to give, offer people different strengths and abilities, asking for their names. In, in trade of that, he would possess them, gobble them up, go to the next person all the way until he became a prince who was proud to to have the monster and was proud to show off that he had the monster and the monster was glad to live as a prince in a kingdom until one day it just got too hungry and the prince ate up everyone in the kingdom the monster took its place and was sad because johan was such a great name he comes to the monster from the east and says, hey, I have a name. It's Johan. It says, why do you have a name? We don't need a name. We're just monsters. He ate up the monster from the east. <laughs> kept going. Like, it's, it's a brief summarization of the story. But, like, it's a, it's a really twisted thing for a kid to read. Especially a kid who's a twin. A kid who's been separated from his twin. A kid who believes now he is that monster. Especially after the fact that Anna escapes from the Red Rose Mansion that she was taken to. And when she returns to the Three Frogs, she tells Johan her entire experience over and over and over, which leads Johan to believe that he suffered that entire experience. Yeah. Um, and I think, oh man, it's, once again, just beautiful writing. Um, and just storytelling um, incorporating this book, this children's book that tells so much about the story, you know yeah, like it, it you know, the 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 and, and also too, like I mean, Johan's moment in the library when he sees the book for the first time since he was a child and kind oh, of like that, that shocking factor for him mm -hmm. of just being like holy shit, like mm -hmm. Well, like you know like all those flashbacks all those memories just come and attack him at once and just like you know once again the importance of this children's story and, and even once again the fact that the 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 guy who really kicked all this off is a is a children's books writer like th that that full circle moment is just so beautiful and you know what that's a really great point to bring up lj because let's flash forward to the timeline in which the series takes place you know when we're first introduced to the fact that Johan's out there somewhere, we see that, you know, 
Dr. Tim was out there looking for him. And along the way, the, you, we were introduced to such a vast array of characters. You have different journalists that are looking into this story. You have other detectives looking into this story, right? And you have, at some point, we're finding out that Johan is manipulating other serial killers to do his work for him and is leaving notes for himself to be found. These notes saying, you know, the monster is taking over. Uh, please <laughs> stop the monster before it, it swallows me whole, right? It's once he sees that book that you don't get those notes anymore. Like you mentioned earlier, LJ, once he becomes like true Johan, basically, it's like, oh, no, the mission's different now. Like, yeah. I, I'm not leaving <laughs> somebody stop me. I remember, I gotta take, I gotta finish the story. You know what I'm saying? Like, I gotta <laughs> take care of everybody who made me this way. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. It, it, like, he, after that book moment, it, it's the Jordan hand, fourth quarter hands on the knees, bro. Yeah. He's locked in. He's locked yeah, the fuck in. Went, you went crazy. Stupid. D, what are some uh, moments when it comes to like Johan throughout the series that he does in the background, right? Like, what are some moments that you feel like really showcase that twisted nature? <laughs> oh, y'all already know what scene that was. And I can remember the episode point on board, episode 29. Ooh. Man, Richard my man. Brown. <laughs> <laughs> my, when my man gives him the, the alcoholic body, know that this nigga Brown suffers from alcoholism. Gives him that shit. Tells him to ease off and relax. I'm like, okay, cool. This nigga clearly, he studies his work. He studies oh, yeah, listen. <laughs> he knows these niggas by the he, back he, of his he, head. He's watching film, like, clearly. Like, he knows everybody's weakness, everybody, what makes them tough, what makes them strong. And he's using it against them. So you could, for me to realize, like, okay, yeah, he turns serial killers into people that follow him. I can understand why. This man knows everybody from the inside and outside. The heck? That moment was really the one that showed me, like, nah, Johan's different, bro. Because, th mind you, Richard Brown, he was just a private detective trying to to look into the death that, of the suicide of someone at, at a college, right? He looks through all the connections and starts to be to find out that that person was connected to Johan, as Johan was telling that person to fake themselves being. Uh, <laughs> a rich person's like fake child. Johan winds up discovering, oh wait, their real child is here. So I'm just gonna go latch myself onto him and has the fake kill himself. Richard Brown's able to put together all the evidence that points to Johan and even gets to a point to where he meets Johan. Worst thing ever for him. <laughs> Johan's like, hey, what, man, why don't we go take a walk, get some air, you know what I'm saying? My man, Richard Brown, he's he's gone through the worst. He had reportedly been drunk during a chase of uh, of suspect in a previous crime, and he wound up shooting the suspect in that crime. Since it was reported that he was drunk, he lost his job from the force, became a private detective. 
Johan starts to question him while they're up on that rooftop. And he's like, man, so about that that moment that happened, like it makes you really question your whole life, doesn't it? He's like, yeah, you know, it's, it was really tough, but I was drunk and, you know, I don't drink anymore. So that's how I moved past it. And he goes, oh, you sure you were drunk that day? Yeah. You sure you didn't just want to kill him just because he was evil? And that kind of makes Richard, like, mind kind of break, you he know? Shit himself in real time. Like, mind you, this man was about to see his daughter for the first day in years the next day. Like, was getting his life all together. And Johan goes, you know what? I know it's hard, man. Why don't you take this drink? <laughs> just, just, here. Yeah, yeah, how are you going to just neatly slide him the bottle? Just like, yeah. Hey, the demons ain't calling you. You sure? It's been a long time, man. <laughs> like, Listen, just need to take the edge off a bit. Next morning, Richard's found dead. that building, man. Like, like, bro, and, and like that's so, and that's one of the wildest parts of the whole series is because like fans have always questioned, like, did he jump or did? you know, Johan push him or something like that, right? Like, cause you never see it happen, but it's like, it's very, very clear to me. All Johan had to do was speak and offer the bottle. Exactly. Richard Brown did the rest. Exactly. This is a different kind of dude, man. He's not, he, you know, most villains we cover are actually killing people with their, their strength and everything. Like, this man's using, using all forms of psych, reverse psychology, all forms of just manipulation and guilt tripping just to deal everybody wickedly and that's like you know what i had to put you up on a, on a higher tier than most nah it does it's just like you go along and you see the psychological game i mean you gotta think man like johan was the 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 lead money launderer of the underworld at 15 years old which is crazy <laughs> <laughs> like psychologically mentally he's just on a completely different level than any of his peers essentially like, you know and, 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 but he's so cut off from any real human emotion that he's just like once again it was all just a, a, a means to an end i'm just like you know he's just like listen i'm doing this because i, I have a goal and plan of just like I, i'm getting back at everyone has ever done anything wrong to me and and how he had like legit everyone was at his mercy he's the he was the, he was you know the puppet master of all he just had all these people on the string and everyone just kind of you know he was thinking not even two steps ahead he's five six seven steps ahead of like nah you guys are all reacting and doing exactly the things in the end and i think even the scarier part is when things didn't go his way, he knew immediately in the moment how to adjust. Like you said, finding old boy's real son and just being like, oh, I don't need to fake something. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh, I have, I have the fucking golden, you know what I'm saying? I have the, the, the golden hen right here. What am I using you for? Let me take you out the picture completely. Like, That's the part that really, really trips me out when it comes to Johan is like you said, like, not only is he all these steps ahead, he's putting the steps there for them to take. Yeah, like, you know what I'm saying? He's like, oh, yeah, no, they're going to have to get do this to get to that, to get to that, to get to that. And they're not going to find me at the end. I'm already gone. 
<laughs> this nigga is really a more serious joker. It won't come down to it. I mean, no, I mean, no, but for real, like, if you really look at the 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 stuff that he pulls and the things that he's doing, he is a he's a Joker without the paint. Yeah, I mean, this is someone who they were trying to set up as the next Hitler, and he said, "Hey, you know, actually, I don't care about none of that Nazi shit the hell are on. Yeah, I just want to be the last person standing at the end of the world. That's all." (laughs) Completely twisted. <laughs> Went from one evil to a next evil. My goodness. Like he said, like, yo, y'all, all them skiing, all that shit, like that doesn't that, I don't even give a damn. Like that doesn't <laughs> that doesn't interest me in the slightest. I just want to see everybody else dead. This ain't about whether you're of a different race or a different creed or anything. Like, no, like, like at one point, I remember, you know, Anna's about to get kidnapped by the people that uh, Johan sent looking for them and they're like yeah you know we're just trying to set him up as the next Hitler we need him as a superpower and she's like he doesn't give a shit about any of that he doesn't like, give a damn care about at all. this nigga all he care about is death 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 that's all like she's telling them like y'all are trying to get me bro y'all need to watch out for yourselves cause y'all involved with the wrong one uh one moment that really you know outside of whenever he had Richard Brown leap to his death, right? When he was going around disguised as Anna, that part shook me. <laughs> because, you know, you're introduced to Anna walking around through Prague and we've seen the story told from Nina as her the other name that she goes by. You know, we've seen her as like the lead character in a few other scenes before, right? So when the story switches showing her moving around in this city and interacting with people you're led to believe okay cool that's johan's sister like it's always been before but eventually you see the story from this perspective from this detective detective souk and he's trying to discover these murders that have been going on around him that are tied to a secret police force that basically is a nazi police force He's trying to undercover all of that, too. He winds up seeing this beautiful girl at a bar. We believe it to be Johan's sister. He's telling her everything about the cases that he's been on and how one of them is looking for this tape, right? Anna tells the the detective. Okay, let's, like, oh, wait, 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 before we move on. Go ahead. Go ahead. Pillow, pillow talking about a police case is yeah, crazy. crazy. It's crazy. You just met her, man. And you just, man, listen. You see. Pillow talking about a police case is so wild. <laughs> like, I don't care. You thought, you thought he was going to win some points with that one? And that's how you know how Johan was just nasty. Because it's just like... He should have realized, like, wait, why is this girl asking me very specific details about my day? Like, you know what no, I mean? You're you, you no hearing this about these yeah. tales of death and murder? Yeah. You ain't, no. He should have knew something was up, man. It, it, it winds up getting to a point where he's been pillowed. He's pillow talked himself into falling in love with this woman. And he's like, you know, I feel like you're the only person I could trust. And I'll never forget, I saw that panel, and like, it's just. Like that panel should have let you know it wasn't Nina because the face she's always very polite and nice and sweet, yeah, yeah. but the face she gave back was just like this blank, like 
Mm. Ain't that so? Ain't that some shit, huh? And then you see the scene from Anna's perspective. She walks back up into her room. She goes to wash her face and she takes the wig off. And it's Johan in the mirror. And I was like, oh, I was like, I like this man working in overtime, man. Clearly. Man, once again, a, a, just a different breed of monster. Like, he's just like, you know what? I'm not going to put... And, and you know what's crazy, too, is um, it, you, you, I was watching a YouTube video before this. You know, it was uh-huh. cool. It gave, a, it gave a timeline of, uh, like, Johan's story. Yeah, watch, yeah, man. Watch, watch how he bounces around city to city. It's so crazy. <laughs> like <laughs> just the different identities he was using, like the different aliens. Like, oh my gosh, he was he was a, a a different beast. I mean, not even to mention, right? We haven't even talked about the fact that during those nine years, he's using other families, showing going up to these uh, you know people who are late in their lives, who have no kids, showing up as their perfect surrogate son, using a different identity <laughs> every time, using them just you know to gain their money, uh, gain a place to stay, a little place to live, you know, somewhere to exist as a normal person for as long as he needed to, and then suddenly those people would wind up dead, and then. You know, someone would come and ask people around and they'd be like, oh, yeah, you know, I remember they have a son, but he went somewhere and traveled. Uh, what did he look like? I don't know, just plain. Like, I don't know. Like, he's he just a plain, just, just a white guy. Just a white guy. Just a white guy. This could have never worked with any of us. This could have never no, worked no, with any no, of us. No, no, like, no. Nah, it's, the, it's the guy with the curly hair. That works. Yeah, that's that. <laughs> It's the wild nigga with the beard. It was him. <laughs> it was him. God damn, they, they, man. They would be throwing the hard R and everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hold up. Listen. Oh, for sure. Come on, man. The wall just came down in Germany. Yeah. Oh, they would have been flinging that shit. Yeah. Easily, boy. Like, I'm telling you, it would have been something to where they, like, we would have walked in Prague and they just went, it's him. Like, it was yeah. him. Before we even walked into the city, it was him. You know what I'm saying? Detective Lunga. Get his ass. Get his black ass. Exactly. Oh, God. I hate Detective Lunga. He's Detective. probably. Man. He might be the worst character on the show. I would agree up until that. Like, okay, I felt that way up until that scene where he apologizes to Dr. Timba. When he finally is like, all right, nah, you was right. I was like, okay, all right, Doc. You earned it, man. Nah, man, nah. I didn't feel like that. It's like like one of those things of, you can't terrorize me for this long, bro. (laughs) 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 And then, like, a simple apology gonna just, like, fix everything. Like, nigga, you were making my life a living hell. I guess because I was caught up in how that, because that entire final part with the perfect suicide in that town, it's set up just so tense. Like, I was caught up in the story. And by the time Detective Lunga comes across Dr. Timma and it's like, okay, all right, no, I get it. I was like, fuck yeah, you finally get it, goddamn it. You ain't like him cosplaying as a Japanese man. That's oh my god, <laughs> I am Dr. Tenma. Watashiwa, Dr. Tenma. Yes. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, this nigga was method acting, bro. I was like, this thing is on his Christian bail right now. It's crazy. He would be like, I am a weeaboo. Uh, right, let's go watch. One piece. Like, yes. no, no. 
Absolutely not. That man is hilarious. I, I, he was too funny for me to hate him, unfortunately. Although he got my boy Tamlin right now, just him just as a whole, making himself look stupid every time. You know, I pity him a little bit, man. That wrong. I would pity, I pity Lunga because he was a man obsessed with his work and trying to do the right thing. And I'm using that with heavy quotation marks. I did not pity goddamn Ava's ass. Sorry. <laughs> Ava gets mine. No. You know what talking about? Talk about yeah. like, oh, yo, you know, who doesn't deserve anything the most? Like, yeah, like nah. Sean Tucker be on the list, right? You nah. know, like uh, other people be on, like Chubay be on the list and shit like that, right? Yeah. It'd be lists that it don't have Ava on it. And I'm like, yo, nah, y'all she... need to get some taste because Ava needs to be on this motherfucking list. She was purposely trying to get Tima locked up all oh, because she was like, I hate him. I hate him. Nah, she fumbled the bag. She's a hater, bro. She, I don't she like is. that. I don't like that. She fumbled the bag crazy and then spent the rest of her life just, just, just thotting around, man. Washed up. Washed up, just bad, man. Pills being her ass to like every like man. She was looking kind of crazy. I ain't gonna lie. In her worst moments, oh man. And that's the wild part too is that Johan was very aware of the fact that Lunga always suspected that Johan was just another personality of Dr. Timma. He was well aware of the fact that Ava's alcoholism drove her to hate Dr. Timma for how her life went. So he would manipulate those things against Dr. Timma the whole way. Like it's this is a nasty nigga, man. Yeah, yeah man. He's like, I'm gonna use your biggest ops against you and turn them into ultra ops. This man, he was even manipulating kids that had been in a, there was basically a, a facility of orphans called Kinderheim 511, right? And the, the people who had taken on these experiments from Dr. Uh, Bonaparte, they would test wild experiments on kids. So wild that the story kind of just leaves you to guess. Like they never tell you exactly what they did to those kids, but survivors, the few survivors of that school, uh, their their memories are blocked off. Like that's how bad it was, right? It comes to a point where Johan is, while he's there, Kids and doctors and nurses alike are all going crazy. They're all like questioning like, yo, there's a monster here and like someone's killing everyone. And it comes to a point where you find out they've all been killing themselves because Johan started a rumor. This nigga Johan is making them do the Royal Rumble over there for whatever reason. All because he started a rumor and like there's reports in the sequel novel, Another Monster, where one of the survivors winds up remembering like i don't know why we all remember this rumor because if we think back it was only one kid that started it so it's like <laughs> damn man like, he, he had them all doing mental fucking gymnastics killing each other and the very few survivors that remember are like wait a second we, we got played we Ooh. got fucking played that one genius in the class you're like oh damn how we turn the truth shit 
you know, he's manipulating hey, him. Him having the kids do the do the the uh oh, the, the rooftop oh, game. The, 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 no, yeah, the roof. Nah, the that's game. Was like, there's no sympathy for this kind of nigga. I don't that's, care whatever backstory you go throw at me. There's no way. There's no that way. was nasty. Knowing that, like he. You know he had those kids when he was a kid play it. But then when you see that, like, is one of his disguised uh, personalities, he's working as a caretaker for children. And there's ki- there's children that have been dying there. And you come to find out one of the survivors was like, yes, the man had us do this rooftop game where we would walk on the ledge of a wolf rooftop towards each other and whichever kid Died, died, and if he survived, that meant you lived on to play the game again. That's nasty. Yo, this this is a nigga that should not even be near kids. I don't know what the hell they were doing, yeah, bro. This is the last man that should be around kids at out, all. Out of everyone, like he should not be near kids. Like, okay, con- convincing serial killers to do your bid for you. Okay, cool. Kids, come on now, come on. And that's crazy because every anytime you see Johan around kids, like he has this soft look on his face. But the the one conversation that always stood out to me was when he was dressed up as Nina, and and he's telling the kid like, "Well, you know, why did your mother give you away? Is it because she doesn't care about you? Do you have anyone in the world that cares about you? Don't you want to take care of the world yourself?" You know what I'm saying? And it's like he winds up pushing one kid to like get a gun and shoot people because he's being like, like this man is wild. <laughs> he's he's kind of different, man. This man would be a YouTuber if he lived in 2023. It's absolutely. sick. <laughs> no, absolutely. Yo, Andrew Tate, you that. Yo, so Andrew Tate, Andrew Tate, and all of them, they'd have to bow down. I'm not even gonna lie, because this is a different breed. This man is a real twisted individual, man. Like Johan with a Twitch would have been wild. Yo, Johan with a Twitch channel. Oh, oh my, my god. god! You think school shootings are bad now? What? He man, you'd have to call Twitch to do something about that man because he would definitely be running that application to the ground. My God, bro! You you just sign into the 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 homepage of Twitch. You see Johan's face. There. You immediately <laughs> want to kill yourself. No funny shit. Like man. this is a nasty, nasty man we're dealing with. Yeah, chat. We're I, gonna play a game. <laughs> and like once again, it just it goes all the way back to my original point of. He's a human. Like, there's no superpowers yes. at play. There's no mystic abilities at play. There's no, you know, it, the, this is like, he, this is as human as a pot, like a person could possibly be. And he's just legit. He's just a psychopath. And it's like you, you watched his show, and at some point, you, you know, and I mean, there was a point at the show where I was like, man, I hope they reveal like this nigga was a, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> they opened up the book of demons. It was <laughs> <laughs> that, and that is wild, right? Because, you know, you start this, the series and it starts with that, you know, 
quote from the book of Revelations, and you're thinking, okay, we're on some wild shit. It's gonna be a really any time a series starts off with a Bible quote, I know it's, I'm in for some shit. It's on bad timing for the it's jump. It's on bad timing. It's on bad timing for the jump. For Revelations, the yeah. final chapter. The final, the final chapter where they talking <laughs> crazy <laughs> about stuff. Oh no! <laughs> Seven heads and ten thorns and shit. I was like, whoa, 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 what kind of nigga is this nigga, man? And you never see nobody transform. You never see nobody do a spell. Doctor Tim were running around with the blicky eighty percent of the series. Right, never winds up even shooting nobody. Like that's how good of a man he really is. You know what I'm saying? Like, he shoots shoots at Roberto, but that's it. You know, like low key though, he becomes a pretty good shot. I ain't gonna lie. He, he, he just don't pull the shit. He don't, don't mean pull he's, he's a he's a is a good hearted man in a cold hearted world, bro. He got yeah. too much of a good heart, like because I think that he still wants. Like as we go through the story, I think he um um once again, it's you know you go through Johan's story, and as Tenley like because like, cause, like uh, consistently like unveils a lot of his past. You you know you it's really hard to not. To sympathize with him, it is. You know, and for you know, for a bit, like you'll sympathize with him and you think about the human elements of the character. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You like because you like sympathize with him for a bit, then he goes and does some bullshit, and you're kind of just like, oh, never mind. That nigga needs to die. Like (laughs) (laughs) you're like, damn man, this nigga has such a hard past, and he had all these horrible things happen to him, and he's all these horrible, no entities around him, and these adults that sat there and abused him. Because you got to think, you know, this whole series. He's, you know, by the end of the series, Johan's only twenty years old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we're we're really dealing with we're dealing with a very, very, very young adult here throughout this entire series. Well, I mean, he's manipulating like, people who are three times his age, three times his age, and mm-hmm. has been doing it though since he was a child. Yeah. You know, I think I think the I mean I think one of the best scenes in the entire uh, series is. When he finds, you know, when when Kinderheim is, you know, exploding and imploding from within, and they have that scene of just Johan sitting in the chair on top yes. of the on top of the stairs, and everyone's like, and, you know, in the what's the character, uh, the, the the man's name that's like looking at him, and, and Johan's just like, I just want to, I just want to see all these fuckers burn, like I just, I, you know, like, you know, like yeah. you just dip the cloth in oil and you just light it, let's see what happens. And, and that's the the wild part, right? You know, like you said, like you have these like neo Nazi leaders that are like trying to manipulate him, and he's just like, I don't care about that. I'm just want to watch the world burn. Yeah, like it's it was insane how all that shit played out, especially when it comes down to the fact that towards the end, you realize the entire plan was really just to get rid of everyone who ever knew about the plan. To make him and his sister into the into those children, that everyone who had ever been involved in those experiments, he wanted to erase everyone who ever knew them, erase everyone who ever cared about them, whoever knew anything about them, so that way they would have no name and they would die. He would do that entire plan so much to the point to where he wanted to die in that same way by killing everyone else associated with how he was became a monster and to die in what he envisioned as the perfect suicide. It gets to a point where he endangers this small village and 
this real peaceful village winds up turning into, like you mentioned earlier, the, the Royal Rumble of people with guns. <laughs> and it's one by one people you hear shut uh, gunshots throughout the village people killing each other uh all to the point to eventually johan does get caught up by dr Timma at gunpoint dr Timma is like yo i don't want to do it nina's like yo i forgive him and johan's pointing right there at his head saying no you have to do it like i brought you here to this point to end my life and he grabs a small child who had, he had manipulating in, in the village as like a threat of like, yo, he puts a knife at the kid's throat and says, yo, if you know, if you don't do it, I'm going to kill this kid. And right as he does it, that kid, kid's dad, a drunkard in the village who had gotten his hands on one of those guns, winds up shooting you. Hey, real shooter. Blam that nigga. Drunk Blam that nigga. <sighs> He said he saw a monster with seven heads and many thorns. And it's just like, yo, that brings it full circle. Like, this man, this man was like, hey, man, I don't know what I saw, but he was holding my kid. He had to go. He had yeah. to go, man. He was like, fuck all the bullshit. Y'all yeah. jump over your second no. guessing. Yeah, yeah. And it's yeah. like, it just goes to show you, like, it was an instance of that random evil that he put into the world that he thought would go extremely left and that man made the only choice that he made when he throughout those episodes showed it looked like he wanted to just go around killing people but the only decision he wound up making with his gun was to save a life and i think that kind of tells you the story kind of wrapped up in a package right there right like when it all comes down to it do you kill or do you try to save a life johan tried to put dr timma in the situation, the whole series to be like, no, kill me. Because at the end of the day, Johan did want to die. The way he even wound up in the hospital as a child was that Nina, Anna, wound up figuring out that Johan had been killing all of their foster parents. She was shocked in figuring this out. And Johan, from having done all of this only to protect Anna in his mind, he tells Anna will just kill me. So that way the monster will go away. And while that only put him in a coma, it's this balance between life and death, saving a life, ending a life, that leads to this entire damn story. So much to the point to where by the end, we see that Johan, you know, he got uh, the bullet taken out of his head once again, and he's in a coma at the end of the series, man. And I wanna get, before I even talk about what happens here, y'all's thoughts about the ending. You know what? I um I kinda, I enjoyed it. I think it was cool. I think it's a nice little twist at the end. Um I always thought that the ending was just there for uh because uh, I always thought there's gonna always be like a spin-off series. Mm-hmm. Um but no, I enjoyed it because it's like I think although Johan is the is the main villain and this is the person that we're uncovering and the person that we're I think Tenma though is truly the you know truly the person that we're 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 Tenma was always a contrast of what they were trying to show about the world. Yes. Yes. So Tenma was always the one where it's like, you know, he's meeting all these pieces of shit, right? And he's once again, he's in this world, he's meeting all these people who have done all these horrible things. And he's always put in a moment where it's like he can flip that switch mm-hmm. at any moment mm-hmm. in time. 
and for him to go through this whole story and still even at the end stay who he is i was like i enjoyed that i was like i'm happy that they didn't force this thing upon us where it's like oh everybody in this world turns evil at some point you know like obviously yeah. we all, i feel that we all have good and evil in us but it's like i don't i i like the fact that they're like no like even though he was you know he had to make some tough decisions and they had to do some things but it's like the fact that he was able to stay um essentially true to his mission mm-hmm. um and even then like you know he, he i thought the series like i gotta kill johan i gotta kill him but like even when faced with the moment he's like i can't like this is another human like another person and then like you know it's like i can't take this person it's like, like i'm a doctor i have a i have an oath i have a thing that i have to uphold for for me to do that um so I mean the ending the ending didn't bother me. I actually enjoyed it. And like I said, I've always thought that the ending was always an indicator of like there's more to the story to come. Okay. Okay. D like your I, thoughts. I get, I get that. I thought it was beautiful, man. Perfect. Younger, I was kind of confused. I thought like, damn, this nigga is really on the loose again. And I was me young, but me rereading the story, I was like, damn. My man, my man Tim was still stuck to his moral code. Once again, saves this man again. And I'm like, you know what? Looking at it from a narrative point of view, this was a perfect way to end the series. For a fact. So, I I loved it. I'm not even gonna lie. Loved it. Now, the ending in and of itself, the way it basically takes place, is you got Johan in the hospital in a coma, right? Tim uh, winds up having met Johan and Anna's mother and she tells him the story of how everything went and how she did choose to to give Anna and how Johan did have a name his name was Johan right and in this sequence we see Johan get up out of bed and basically retell the story of his mother's choice and ask did my mom mean to give one of us by mistake, right? Leaving with the question of like, who was the real monster? The scene then goes into Timma sort of snapping his eyes. So it's a very, very like clear sign that that was a dream Dr. Timma was having. I like to think of it as the memories that he had of his, the conversation that he had with Johan's mom kind of like triggered like, oh, how would Johan respond? if you got to hear that, right? So that's how I interpret it personally. The scene goes forward with Dr. Timma leaving the hospital. We see out the hospital window that he's leaving and it zooms out and the bed is empty. Kind of leaving it ambiguous as to whether he escaped or he died or what have you, right? Personally, my interpretation on the ending is that the monster is dead. Johan is still there, but the nameless monster is dead. In the sense that like he can't do anything, he's in a coma, like all everybody connected to the creation of that evil is gone. And the only reason I interpret it that way is because of that sequel novel that I did mention earlier. It was created by Naoki Urasara. And while I think like it would have been better if this, the sequel novel didn't say it outright to kind of leave it ambiguous to people. Um, 
it is revealed that Johan's still in a coma in that novel. So I definitely like to look at it as though like, okay, like the monster figuratively is gone. Whereas Johan Liebert, the person, uh, gonna be breathing through a tube probably for the rest of his life. Um, and I think too, like, you know, even when you look at a lot of the, uh, the other characters in the story, especially like the people who had a lot to do with like Johan's upbringing, they mm-hmm. all kind of have that story of within their later years, they they've tried to make a change. Yeah, like old boy who opened up the orphanage, or uh, like had to had all the kids. Where he was yeah. just like that had the recordings, and he was just like, "Man, listen, dog, I got all these kids now. I'm just trying to treat them right. I done did a lot of bullshit in my life." I'm just, I'm just trying to, you know, I'm just, I'm just trying to chill now. I'm trying to do some type of good, um, but yeah, like I, I think, I think Johan's story, um, you know, I think futuristically is like that's how I see his story also playing out. Of just like for sure, damn, I've done, you know, he's done all this wrong and horrible things, and like I'm not gonna say he has a happy ending, but he has a moment of, or he will have a moment of it within later of his life of just like listen, I just. I could never probably truly atone for what I've done, but mm-hmm. let me at least do what I can. I would I would definitely see that. Uh, I could see it being like him and Anna living peacefully in some cottage, her taking care of him for the rest of his life type shit. You know what I mean? Like the monster's gone, nothing else to live for in terms of that revenge plot that he had. Uh, does he deserve to get away with it? Fuck no. But this nigga should be but... locked up in the in, in the worst of worst places. But here's what it is. Guys, this character, you know, we could easily do like another one of these, really, just digging deep into the the did he or didn't he or was it nature or nurture and the conversation could still never be over but i do enjoy what we've done so far here um just because johan liebert is a character whether or not you're aware of him like there's bits and pieces of his impact throughout anime like i personally believe you don't get death note without monster you know like there's a lot of how this story is written in that sort of chase of like trying to find this invisible villain that is layered within how Death Note uh, works as a story. And there's going to be other stories in the future of manga and anime. They're going to have this blueprint as well. And I'm always going to be welcome to see them come. Oh, for sure. I really, really want to thank you, LJ, for coming in and joining us again this week. Nah, man, I'm happy to be on this episode. Once again, I think like, I mean, we could we could be here all day just talking about the 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 menace that is Johan Lieber. Uh, but I think that uh, once again, his story and just first of all, let's just give praise to Urasawa in general. Oh hell it's, yeah! It's it's hard, it's hard to get one, to have three under your belt. Yeah, yeah. man, one of them ones. And, have, and doing two of those at the same time, two of them at oh. the same time. To have three <laughs> under your belt 
is crazy. It's crazy worldwide. Like, there's another one that he's. I'm, just, I'm starting to get into. There's a story called Billy Bat. Billy Bat. Billy Bat. Oh, yeah. 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 I'm looking for an English translation of that one myself because I'm like, yo, I need to read that shit. It's sad that we'll never get in the states. Like. There's just too much like art that looks similar to other shit here, but that's really the only reason why that story. God damn! From what I've seen, looks like a oh, masterpiece. Man, man, I'm I'm always envious of the French because they get everything. You get no the French. French. Everything, every everything. single thing, every it's single thing. Blu rays. They get everything, bro. Same rays. Man, All listen, bro. The, I don't under like. I never really truly understood that like France was a uh, uh, you know like I didn't I didn't know manga was that big over. Everything gets translated in French, but no. Um, to give us 20th century boys, monster and Pluto, like yeah. it's such a that's such a crazy run. Like Ursao is like he he is legit one of i know we throw the, the 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 goat word around but he truly is one of the greatest writers of all time because he has given us three really and and all three series are so different from each other exactly so it's just yes. like that, that wide range of just like shit that he is like written like man i gotta tip my hat off to him man he's given us amazing series but no monster is definitely one of those ones where it's just you um once again you read it and just the the sheer uncomfortability that you get at some of these moments where you're just kind of like, yo, this is a very menacing figure. This is a guy that just, you know, there's something so scary about a villain that really takes his time. That's not rushing mm-hmm. like a villain. That's just like, you know what? I, I don't need to do it today. I don't even need to do it. tomorrow. <laughs> Probably don't even need to do it next week. But it's gonna happen. <laughs> like, you know, there's something Seriously. scary about a villain like that. And how he has just built up Johan and has just once again he made them like even though we have seen his face, we, he seems so mysterious from the shadows. Um man, it's just a uh, uh man, just a tremendous series with a tremendous villain. Um that you know, and, and even like a uh, you know, I'll, I'll consider Ten with a hero, but it's just like even with a great hero and just the contrast of both of them. Um, yeah, man, it, it, an amazing series and a, an amazing villain that once again we can be here all day just continually to dissect of like all the deeper plots and all the deeper things that he was doing ahead. But it's just like the fact that once again, just the the sheer fact that the mention of his name and the fact that he was just so highly touted, not even by Tenma himself to stop him, but like all these other groups wanted him to come and be their leader and be all things. like Johan had made himself into like this, this monster King of just like, Mm -hmm. like they wanted him to be like, they're like, fuck it. Like he is, they have said it plenty of times. Like, yo, he could be worse than Hitler in this series. They're like, he's going to be the second coming. So, uh yeah man like I, I gotta tip my hat off to this series it's, it's such a great series man really really glad to wrap up our entire coverage of villains with this one uh i knew when we even had this idea like johan liebert is the anchor character for this whole season uh, this this season <laughs> is an excuse for me to talk about johan liebert basically uh so i'm really really glad we were able to uncover this man uh, i do want to ask y'all 
one question before we wrap up. Do y'all have favorite villains? Shit. Oh, man. I mean, you don't have to, tell, you don't have to say who they are, but no, do yes, you have yes. them? Yes. So here's my, here's always my theory, especially when it comes to watching anime. And obviously because we are, you know, all shonen heads. I always like the villain. The hero is the one that has to win me over. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like I like I'm always gonna fuck with the villain. Like the villain gotta be really, really whack for me to not to fuck with him. But like and, and obviously there's there's definitely a handful, more than a handful of whack villains out there. But I'm always rocking with the guy that's trying to blow up the world. Like he's the one that's shaking up shit. Setting the tone. If the yeah. stakes are not high enough, I do not give a fuck. No, for real. I always said that villains usually make or break the series. And if your villain is not being there to give conflict or shake up or challenge a protagonist's ideals or anything, then you got a whack story. Like, it's not interesting for me. I ain't watching some shit where the villain ain't doing nothing of, of note. I don't know. Well, that's good to know because next week I would like everyone else to join and tune in for our season finale as myself, D, LJ, a few other Lookout compatriots all discuss in a roundtable format our favorite villains. Not everybody got to be discussed this season, and we understand that. So if you were expecting to hear somebody, tune in next week as we cover all of our favorite villains. But until then, subs lie, dubs lie. We don't, never have, and never will. We out you. Peace. Yes, sir. Yes, sir.